He's one of the world's most respected business experts, Jeffrey Hazlett. I want to take you behind the scenes on what's happening in business today. And whether you're on Main Street or Wall Street, we're going to find out the secrets behind their success. This is All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett, brought to you by Fortinet. Hey, my guest here on All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett is the CEO of a company that was established back in 1976 in Atlanta, Georgia, as part of the Pillsbury Corporation, the brainchild of company vice president and steak and ale founder, Norman Brinker. Now, he is a legendary guy in the restaurant business. By the early 80s, Bennigan's become one of the best-known brands of the new style of mid-range casual dining in the U.S. that combine both eating and drinking. Now, our CEO today, Paul Mangiamelli, has been in the hospitality industry for nearly 40 years, became chief executive of the franchising arm of the Irish-themed Bennigan's in 2011, taking full control of the brand nearly seven years after what was then a spectacular collapse that pushed Bennigan's and Steak and Ale into a Chapter 7 bankruptcy liquidation. Now, it closed most of its locations, and some of the franchise locations survived the crash, but Steak and Ale was wiped out overnight. Overnight. Now, the CEO, Paul, and his wife, Gwen, just recently did a management buyout of the company from its private equity firm for an undisclosed price. I won't even go into it and ask him about that. He's now 100% owner of Bennigan's Restaurant Chains, the casual cast casual concept of Bennigan's on the fly and the venerable steak and ale brand, which is about to begin writing its own comeback story. And it is sizzling. We're talking about 20% growth rates right now. And he's here with us to talk about how he's turning this place around and growing it at such a fast pace. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. You're listening to All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett, brought to you by Fortinet. Okay. Hey, first question up. Give me a little background. As I went through the, the history of the company, it's had some ups and downs. And right now, you're in some big ups. I mean, there's no doubt about it with uh, the turnaround that you've been leading. But take me through the progression of how the company started. And then how did you end up with the ownership? I'd, I'd kind of like to know that in a couple minutes. Sure. Do you, you want me to answer that right now? Yeah, sure. Yeah, we're, okay. we're going. Well, let, <laughs> let me tell you the great story about Benny Gins' Steak and Ale. Uh, many, many years ago, in fact, 1966, um, Norman Brinker, who is an icon in and of himself, oh, yeah. uh, created Steak and Ale. And then 10 years later, in 1976, he created Bennigan's. So next year, in 2016, we'll be celebrating the 50th year of Steak and Ale and the 40th year of Bennigan's, which, uh, and most people do not know this. They have an intuitive sense, but they do not know this. These are the two brands that created casual dining as we know it today. Okay, well, you hear a lot about that. I mean, I had a show with Duncan on my television show, and, of course, they're going fast casual, and you hear a lot about fast casual, too. So, But th this is different than fast casual, right? Yeah, this is different because um, unlike fast, fast casual, we do something called provide service. <laughs> yeah, okay, all right. There, there, <laughs> they there might, is they, no might they might say that that's a little different, but I do agree with you. Yeah, I'm yeah, sitting I mean, down everybody at the has table. their own view, yeah. and yeah. my view is that 
while fast casual has certainly made tremendous inroads over the last several years, uh, the missing component uh, was and is service. Yep. And I don't mean uh, the service with receiving your product. I mean service where there's uh, something called hospitality uh, demonstrated in the front of the house. Uh, everything, uh, for the most part, is demonstrated in the back of the house. And if there's an Achilles heel to fast casual, it's that in my view. Well, and, uh, and however, I'd almost phrase it a little bit, uh, Paul, in, in terms of it's something you tip for as well. Meaning, it's it's got a little bit of extra service with it than what you. It's not walking up right. to the counter. Right. I mean, I think that there's uh, even a fast casual. I mean, there's this obligatory tip for receiving absolutely no service whatsoever. So imagine, I uh, just imagine that um, in full service operations that we have in both Bennigan's and Steak and Ale, you will receive not only service but hospitality, mm-hmm. uh, interaction, engagement. Uh, and a legendary brand experience, and that you know that is our and has always been our goal. Uh, but as I take you through this, I mean, we like I said, we're celebrating the 40th and 50th year of these two iconic brands that actually created the space known as casual dining today. And uh, I think there's a certain pedigree that goes along with that, and a certain responsibility uh, to carry the banner, to carry the torch of uh, these brands that Norman Brinker created so many years ago, and we have endeavored to do that. Now, like any great brand, uh, it goes through uh, many iterations, and um, uh, both Steak and Ale and Bennigan's have experienced uh, brand drift, and brand drift is a a term that I've coined where uh, these brands move further and further away from the success components. Uh, that that made them such a such a, a hot commodity at some point in in their lives. And would, you, would you say that was uh, partly because of the way the, the they were almost structured? Though, w- weren't they owned by Pillsbury at, at one time? Yes, they yeah. were. In fact, um, when when uh, Norman Ranker created Benigan's, he was uh, the head of the restaurant division at, at Pillsbury. So yeah, it was very much a part of that. Yeah, but I'm, and, uh, I'm but not, and I'm not saying that's a bad thing because there's, there's companies no. that do a great job of that. You, you're, you're down in Dallas, right? And you've got a that's lot correct. of, a lot of those types of restaurants that are born there that have, have come out concept themes that have really done well, but you, I think you need, you know, it's like you're stepping in now as a hundred percent owner. You, you've, you've really moved into that. I think you need somebody who's saying, Hey, I'm responsible you know, not from a corporate perspective, like got skin in the game and, and you know, you're walking the floor, so to speak. And I think that's what you're bringing to it. I think that's part of the success. But it, it, we'll get into more of that. But it, so you went through, Pillsbury had it, then, then it kind of had some down, downsides. And then what happened? Well, I mean, again, there was, um, you know, there's a history with any brand that has been around for as many years as, as Bennigan's and Steak and Ale. And, and when they sold to uh, Metromedia, um, there occurred, Metromedia was, um, was led by uh, John Kluge, uh, a man that at one time was one of the wealthiest guys in the world. He has since passed on. But um, he tried to do some kind of consolidation with uh, Bonanza Ponderosa. Yeah. as well as purchasing the Bennigan's and Steak and Ale brands. Now, at that time, uh, there was no such thing being conducted with the with our two brands uh, that is now known as franchising, yeah. um, where you're using other people's money to grow your brand. And so that was created by the Metro Media folks. Um, but this brand drift, this insidious disease that occurs to so many different brands, occurred 
um, under the Metro Media Watch. Uh, they, uh, they, they weren't really paying attention to the successful components. They tried to do too many things in too many ways. And although some people are brilliant in, in some areas, uh, sometimes there's a kind of a, a blind eye when it right. comes to uh, paying attention to the consumer, paying attention to the consumer trends, right. paying attention to the service. Well, just like there's a, you know this, uh, being you know in somewhat in sales all your life as well, because you've been running operations and selling stuff all your life. You be a great sales guy, but it doesn't make you a great sales manager. That's exactly right. Yeah. That's exactly right. Just like a great general manager. Uh, sometimes can't manage more than just that one restaurant. And mm-hmm. so, I mean, there's skill sets that go along with that and, and, uh, there's successful elements that go along with that. But, but, uh, first and foremost, the Jeff, I mean, uh, you know, you got to reinvent yourself. You gotta, you gotta look at your physical plant. You gotta look at your menu. You gotta look at your training. You gotta look at your music. You gotta look at every single aspect of the operation to deliver on the promise of a legendary brand experience. And, and so, um, yeah, we, we obviously aren't the only ones that committed this mortal sin. There's many other brands oh, many, in retail. Yeah, we all get, yeah. Right, we all get that way. Either, whether we get lazy, we, we lose our way, we forget the DNA of our makeup. Uh, you know, the, exactly. the, great, the great, great, great businesses and the great leaders are the ones that keep that at the forefront. And, and, and you can see it when you sit down and talk to them. You know that their focus is only on these three or four or five things. That's it. And they right. just, they're myopic on that. Sometimes it's almost to their detriment, but, but, they, but they do every once in a while go out and say, am I doing the right things? Am I, am I they circle above it, look down, which is what you have to do. Right, right, absolutely right. And, but here is the most important piece to this, and I'm going to share the, the, our myopic view, you know, our mm-hmm. focus, which is laser keen. And um, it's, it's that there's an emotional connection connected to this, these two brands that, um, you know, again, back to one of your opening comments, is why I endeavored to buy the brands and, and own them. Not only is there skin in the game and, and a demonstration of, you know, putting your money where your passion is, um, but this, this, I, this emotional connection that you can buy with a billion dollars, it either exists or it doesn't with any brand, um, is something that has been resonating through our uh, system. Uh, for the 40 and 50 years they've been in existence. When I talk to people both on both sides, whether it's in our, our internal guests, our employees, uh, or former employees, or the uh, franchisees that we're bringing on right now, or um, it's just a consumer out there for in, in markets where we used to be, um, there is this warmth and affection and nostalgia for these brands that is so overwhelmingly positive and not just in the States, but, you know, internationally as well, that, you know, it, it would be a sin <laughs> not to uh, restore and revitalize and reintroduce these brands uh, to, to the people that love them and, and still has this uh, emotional connection and pent-up demand for both of these brands. Well, how do you get the emotional connection? You, you, you did not come from inside of this family. You came from outside the family, when I say Bennigan's and Steak and Ale, yeah. right? So, so you came in, you saw it. So how did you make, and I've done this as well, so I know I'm, I'm almost going to try to answer my own question, but I'm not going to do that because I want to hear it from you. You, know, <laughs> you, you can okay. do that, though. You can see what's there and what the potential is, 
and then you get that emotion. Is that is that what did it for you? Did you get the emotional connection? Because you seem to have it. You seem to be drinking the Kool Aid or the or the or the Guinness, might I say? Since it's, that's right, that's yeah. right. A special a special blend of Guinness. But um, and I and I just don't drink it. I make it. So uh, I mean, so there's so there's a distinct difference. But let me go back to uh, my DNA. Is I'm Italian. So we're passionate <laughs> by just just by birth. Yeah. Are we going to uh, so see the already, menu chain? Or by the way, we're going to see the menu chain. <laughs> oh yeah, it's going to it's going to be you know oh uh, you know uh, uh, you know some Italian name where fettuccine uh, or something. We're going to have a lot of fettuccine instead of uh, instead of uh, shepherd's pie. Yeah, it's going to be oh asobuco, you know, <laughs> and so. Um, no, you know, but the passion is, is something, look, I fell in love with the brands. Um, mm-hmm. I love the business. I grew up in it since I, was, since I was nine years old. I've been in this business, not by, you know, not by some great vision or I had some great epiphany no, when I was that's you know, 10 what years happens. old. Yeah. Just cause it happens, you know? Exactly. And you know, you, you, you do what you know. And I always working my way through college or graduate school. Uh, I always went back to managing or being a server or a bartender working in the back of the house. My uncle had a trattoria. Uh, at nine years old, all the cousins were, you know, were bussing tables and were washing dishes. And where are you from? little did I know, yeah, we're, we're, New York, New York City. Yeah, well, I can hear. It your, I just want to make sure everybody else knows, but I could hear it in your in your voice. Just that little hint there. That means I'm speaking too fast, so I'll, I'll <laughs> try to slow it down. But I get excited about this because, yeah. listen, I love the business. I, and not only, and, and a part of this, and I don't know that we want to spend a lot of time on this, but a part of the um, you know non-quantifiable reasons that I wanted to do this was who's training this next generation of restaurateurs? I mean, people like uh, Norm Brinker, um, I just aren't just aren't out there in this business anymore. So what I want to do in, in my Norm Brinker Jr. Uh, role is to um, reintroduce this whole generation to restauranting and, and service and pride in the brand that you represent, pride in the plate that you're presenting to the to your guests. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, and I see that um, uh, sorely missing in our business today. I mean, when you receive great service it's an anomaly no, you're shocked no we we all know i mean i eat out literally almost every single night because i'm on the road you know doing, sure. doing radio sure. shows television shows whatever speaking and and i'm always traveling and always eating out so you know and i tend to go to the the places that i find that great service because i want them to remember me i want to go back and have that great kind of experience but you know we're disappointed most of the time because that's absolutely not right. It. You know, it's not right. That's yeah. That's absolutely right. When when your server's walking to your table and texting uh, his or her friend um, and doing you a favor by taking your your order, uh, there's something dramatically wrong with with the service component, and that's why I understand, although I'm vehemently against, why some of these uh, full service brands are going to the table side tablet. Mm-hmm. Where the guest is now ordering for themselves, uh, reordering, uh, you know the the refills. Uh, Do you like desserts. that, by the way? Do you like that? I I, I am vehemently against. I think oh, if you advocate service, you... Amen. Amen. you know it does help though. I will tell you in some places. I know one particular um, casino group that's doing it, and they found their liquor sales went up greatly. Now I get that because I want a new bottle, another bottle of wine, so I'm not waiting, so I'm moving ahead, or I'm drinking and I'm ordering. But you know, I was in a restaurant in the airport the other day, and they've gone to this, and the only way I could order was this way. And finally, I said I'm not ordering that way. 
You're, you're well, sit- you know, and again, in an airport, there, there's there's a speed component. You have so much time, and so you can save that. I understand. I get that. Uh, but in a full-service environment, um, in, you know, the smack in the sweet spot of casual dining, where you're going to, and, I, and I'm going to name some names, if you're going to a Friday's or you're going to a Chili's, which have adopted this technology, mm-hmm. uh, and you don't have that personal touch, so you have no real interaction. Yeah, you have no real engagement with a server, which I think, uh, again, going back to, it's an art. And it's a personality uh, too. I mean, you. So I, when I look exactly. at Bennigan's, you 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 have a personality. It, it and you know we're going to get exactly. into your seventeenth day and all those kinds of things. But <laughs> you you you've got some type of personality, and that should come through. You, you I don't think you can get that through a mobile device. You can't. I mean, where, how does a mobile device um, upsell you to, to a dessert <laughs> yeah. uh, or create the vibe or create the energy or create the fun? Right. It's completely absent. And so, um, so listen, as long as I'm the running Bennigan's and Steak and Ale, as long as I'm in an ownership position, there will never be, and I'm saying the word never, never be tablets on the table because I will not abdicate service. That's what I love about our brands. All right. Um, oh, I love it. And yeah. that emotional connection was, was created by those people mm-hmm. because, you know, we can talk about a lot of components about this business, but it is and always will be about the people, you know, so your internal guess of what's going on in the back of the house and the front of the house are what drives that perception of a legendary experience in any brand, but well, specifically some, in ours, I'm just not going to abdicate. No, I love that. In fact, I, I, I'll give you give you a little thing I saw last night on Facebook where it was a picture and it showed someone, a, a group of four or five people at a restaurant. They, they had an aerial view over the table. And everybody's phone was face down on the table in the middle of the table. And it said the first one to grab their phone and read it pays the check. <laughs> Let's start this movement. That could be a cool thing for you guys. That's a great idea. Isn't I mean, I love that. I love that. We're all addicted to the phones. Put them down and enjoy a respite. I mean, that's what that's what I love about our brands. Listen, it's a respite from the day in and day out. I mean, look, there's nothing better than a Monte Cristo sandwich. Nothing. Oh, I, you there's know, nothing that's your. That, if all the things on your menu that I love, that's the one. That's the thing I get. Uh, you know that. what? You just went up five notches in my book. Now, I'm telling you, that is the thing I get. I love that. I love that. That is the one thing when I'm in a bit against that I like to have is that. It's a treat for me, and it's it's, a, it's really good. And, and yeah, I, it's still our number one selling oh, item, I, and and we've only made it better. So now it's not even the Monte Cristo anymore. It's our world-famous Monte Cristo sandwich. People love it. Nobody can replicate it, and, and many people have tried. Nobody can. Our chicken tenders, the best out there. Our burgers, it's a special grind just for us. So, you know, I mean, I, I what internally, when I'm talking to our team, which is a phenomenal bleeding green team that I have, with years and years of experience. Green, I love that because of the Irish Bleeding thing. green. Yeah, is that what you say? Is that does that? Yeah. I, I like yeah. I like the little twist that you've got on it, and, and and I can hear the passion coming through, which I love. It's uh you know it's the Italian, but now we're gonna call you Irish because I'm Irish. So we're gonna get you know you see your Irish passion coming through. You used a term that I want to come back to. You said our internal guest. Yep. Uh, I don't know that everybody else was listening, but I heard that twice. You're you're treating your people like your ex, do you call them external guests or you call them your restaurant guests? What are the yeah we well we don't we, we certainly don't use the word customer yeah 
because that connotes absolutely zero relationship yeah. with, with, with a consumer. It, it, it's a transaction. That's a transaction. Well, it, and it's more than that, Jeff. I mean, it's, it's about how about we just show a little res- respect for the people that are coming in on our door and buying our food. And, and because if, I'm, if, if they're coming in our restaurant, Somebody else is losing market share because you already know how fierce yeah. the restaurant business is. I mean, there's there's more seats than people. So if if somebody's coming to Bennigan's or a steak and ale, uh, somebody's losing uh, traffic. Yeah, and I'm okay with that. But how about showing some respect for the money that they're spending? It, they're not they're not doing us a favor. We're yeah. we're doing them we're 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 showing them respect yeah. and and replacing the, the the brand integrity that was there in the very beginning when we were the king and queen of of uh, the restaurant industry. So you call so, do you call them guests? Then they're, they're they are called guests. Yes, they are. I mean, our employees are called the internal guests. Why? Because um, you know, again, I mean, we 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 have uh, training programs, we have selection programs, we have retention programs, and reward programs. Like, for example, you're going to love this. I have A, B, C, D award <clears throat> because most most companies always look for the I gotcha, you did something wrong. I created the um, A, B, C, D above and beyond the call of duty award. Mm. So, in other words, it's not okay to be okay. Yeah. We don't we don't strive and work this hard to be average. We're trying to exceed your expectation, and we call that legendary, right? Everybody uses the word so flippantly. We don't. We take it pretty seriously. So we we provide an award that we actually measure um, subjectively and objectively by guest feedback, our external guest feedback, uh, that's driven by an 800 number where we look for evaluations and um, and we give monetary awards. We make a big deal out of it during our our conferences where we reward the people that are exceeding all guest expectations. Why? Because, again, back to the respect for the people that are coming in our restaurant and enjoying our, our, our experience. That's really cool. So let me ask you, how many of your locations are corporate-owned versus franchise now? Good question. Well, right now, uh, the, the simple truth is I have zero corporate locations. Why? Uh, what I wanted to do was take the time necessary to create brand new prototypes because again back to the reinvention piece yep. um people don't want to people really don't want to eat in the old bennigan's they want to eat in the new bennigan's it's but where it has retained its hipness and vibe and energy so i created and i also have a franchise model that you know the, it's it's wonderful when franchisees actually make money yeah. so i wanted to create a franchise model from a investment standpoint that would make some sense. And so I scaled it down. If you remember, the old Bennigan's were anywhere from eight to 10 to 12,000 square feet. That model just doesn't work in a franchise uh, world. And so, uh, and it doesn't work in any world anymore. Well, the, because, you can't, you, I mean, a franchisee, to try to get that location and pay that kind of rent, you're almost. Oh yeah, and everything. I yeah. mean, nothing has gone down. Everything has gone up in yeah. terms of uh, the cost of operating. And so uh, our sweet spot now is about 5,500 square feet in Bennigan's, about 6,000 feet in a, uh, in a steak and ale. And I have a ground-up prototype. I have a conversion prototype. I even have a strip center prototype where it makes some sense. Why? Because I want to have a blended return for the people that are in our franchise group. And so, um, so in other words, when they're penetrating any given market, it doesn't only have to be ground up brand new because that's expensive. Um, and so in Dallas, where we're headquartered, and you mentioned earlier, uh, I'm just about now taking down uh, two parcels of land where I'm building, you're going to love this, a brand new Bennigan's ground up, a brand new steak and ale 
ground up. And, uh, and it will be side side by side. I really can't sh- tell you. It's going uh, to be a northern Dallas suburb. Well, uh, like really Frisco? high traffic. Like Frisco. It, you know what? It's 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 not. It's in that neighborhood. Okay. It's up that way because that's where that's where all the growth that's is. That's a growth. There's a lot for, of high growth and a lot of high net. There's uh, some good areas, and I know that because I've been down in that area. But I just was guessing, so it's good. Yeah, and our sweet spot is really we're family friendly, and mm-hmm. so um, you know, uh, so being downtown or uptown really doesn't work. Uh, but being in an area where there's a lot of families and a lot of growth and the demographic and density supports it, so that's where we're going. So. That will be our brand new corporate locations, and I'm making them a little bigger for ours because I want to do R and D. I'm, I'm going to do yeah, training it's a, it's for the franchisees show, around the world. It's a showcase for you. You get to test exactly, things. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Makes yep. sense. And so, so that will be uh, probably um, uh, beginning of next year when we'll actually open up our brand new. In time for our celebration for our 40th and 50th anniversaries, this is an ethical coincidence. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Well, hey, yep. let me tell you, I got to take a break, and I got to pay for things. So uh, America runs on Duncan, and I always say my show does too because I'm sitting here drinking actually three espressos from Duncan right now. Hey, do you drink coffee? I love coffee. In fact, it, it fuels our growth. And, um, and you know, I'm not – How do you take your I, coffee? I, How do you take it? Are you, are you like a I, – I mean, I literally drink like probably eight espressos a day. Yeah, see, so I'm like you, but I call it a dopio, right? So we have we have doubles. Yeah. Um, you know, I just like I like pure espresso. Uh, I don't mm-hmm. put cream. I don't yeah. put sugar. Yeah. I just want. I, I'm a purist, and mm-hmm. it's just about all we do. And um, so that's what I like. And I don't care really who makes it, as long as it's good. No, yeah, that's good. As long as you're drinking it, that's all that counts. Let me let me go back to um, this whole theory around being Irish. You know, who you have this you have this deal on the seventeenth of every month. Uh, of course, March 17th is a pretty important day for most Irish people. Somebody um, did their homework, yeah, yes. Exactly. Uh-huh. So why, So who, who came up with the 17th idea? Well, th- our, our mantra is every day is St. Patrick's Day. Yeah, okay. So I thought, so at least let's, let's wrap our arms around the 17th and make that a special occasion. Who did, Look, who everybody loves that, to who, celebrate. Who sat around the table and came up with that, that idea? Oh. Our, our our team. I mean, well, we I, brainstorm yeah. all the time. Like I said, we have a fabulous team. Uh, it's very, I mean, it's not just deep in restauranting, it's deep in Bennigan's. Yeah. I mean, well, again, I'm, when you talk about that emotional connection, yeah. it carries over to my team where um, we have, like, Jennifer Gamble, who was our vice president of marketing, red hair, freckles, complete Irish uh, yeah. uh, lass, and she's just, you know, she, she's phenomenal. Uh, Sean Finn. I even named our, our, our uh, uh, um, our fish and chips after him. Is that right? Uh, because yeah, because why? He's with the brand twenty seven years. I mean, his that's name a, is Sean awesome. Finn. I, I love that. You know, well, I you know as a marketer, and I'm a marketer and salesperson at heart. And so the seventeenth, I thought, well, that's pretty smart. Whoever did that. So I hats off to him. You should do some partnership with the Irish Business Organization. I'm a member of that group in New York, and. The, they, we should. I should start putting you guys together. So, if, by no, the way, absolutely. You, in fact, you, I do. I am part of the Global Pubs, and oh, uh, okay. and we are the largest, you know, American-run Irish-themed 
uh, concept, and they they asked me to keynote over in Dublin a couple of years ago, and it was a phenomenal, phenomenal experience. And uh, and the people there, I mean, of course, uh, it's really interesting. I, really quick, I know I don't want to take you too far off the, uh, the, right. the theme here, but but it was it was interesting because I go to the pubs and the food's terrible. I mean, and they even admit it. I mean, the food's <laughs> terrible. And so I said, so what's your mix? And they go, well, eighty twenty. And I said, you're kidding me. He goes, no, 80 booze, yeah. 20 food. Yeah. And I go, oh, we're yeah. just the opposite. <laughs> and, uh, and so what I wanted to do with the Irish piece was, Irish is about, and you know this, and I know you're going to support this, it's about hospitality. It's yeah. warm. It's friendly. Great yeah, great the, the, I, I just went there that one time, and I still have friends, and they call me, and they're rooting for us, and they love us. And, um, and I tell you what, it, I, I guess it was because St. Patrick was actually Italian, and that's how I kind of wrap everything together because uh, the people there are just fantastic. And so I said, you know, we're not so much re- trying to replicate a pub. We're not trying to replicate the food, but we are trying to replicate the warm, friendly, genuine hospitality that the Irish just oops. You know, you, th- this is getting back to the mood. And I always go out to the fans and ask them questions, and they submit. Tom Stridicke, he actually, I, I happen to know Tom uh, from 30 years back, and uh, he owns a heating and cooling business. And he asked the question, he goes, what are the corporation's involvement, and what is the corporation's involvement in recruiting and retaining employees and to assist in franchise locations for the same concerns? Which I think is a good question because you've had to change the mood of the company because when you go through a bankruptcy and the things that happened in the past and bring that forward, you've got some people that were probably down, you know, like, oh, my gosh, you know, and here comes a new guy again. So how are you helping with some of that? Yeah, well, uh, well, first and foremost, you have to let's let's identify the cause. The cause has nothing to do with the brands of that unfortunate time. And so it had everything to do with bad leadership, bad custodianship. Uh, people that didn't pay attention uh, to the to the very earmarks that made the brand successful back in the day of, of Norm Brinker. So yeah, that was a business um, I, thing. That has nothing to do with the core of who, no. Yeah, exactly. It's, and, and I think most people who are listening, and the millions that do, that they, they get that. They get that. Hey, look, I'm going to get a Monte Cristo. It's the same Monte Cristo I had before. It's even better now because you've improved it. You said, but you know, it you, you have that at the basis of who you are. Exactly. Yeah, the, exactly. The, other stuff's and, the corporate guys, you know, the corporate guys. Now you've got rid of all those guys, and now you're doing the right thing. So, but how do you change that mood? How do you get the people excited again? Well, you know, the, the God's honest truth is they were already excited. Um, they just needed good leadership. Yeah. They, they needed people. And again, uh, putting your money up. Uh, believe me, I don't want to. I, I, you know, I, I can't. I can't tell you how important that was to step up and say, "Look, uh, even to my franchisees, yeah. I not only uh, believe in the brand, I not only love the brand, but I'm going to put my money where my skin passion is." is. Yeah, and so, so, so when I am talking to my franchisees, I said, "Look, I'm asking you to invest in my brand, and I'm all in too." Mm-hmm. And that credibility, you know, that that sense of ownership. Uh, has carried and permeated through our entire system. The same thing with our team. The team needed strong leadership. They never lost their passion. I mean, come on, Sean Finn, 27 years. Uh, Jennifer Campbell, 12 years with the company. I mean, you know, uh, so the the passion was always there, but it needed to be extracted back out 
because they were beat down with the with the bad leadership, bad decisions. Uh, you know, they they just did some things that were uh, that were detrimental to the brand's image. And so, but the image was still there. So we just had to polish it up. We yeah. had a you know, so we did, I, I, I kind of kiddingly say, we did everything that begins with R-E. So we re-engineered, we reintroduced, we revitalized, <laughs> you know, we reinvigorated, and we reintroduced. And so um, that is part and parcel of, of reattaching the emotional connection that existed, and it's still out there, but it was latent, and now it's active. So you didn't answer and that's my, the you difference. Didn't, no, you didn't answer my question. How many are corporate and how many are franchise now? I did. I, I said there is zero. Zero corporate. And with, but with my you, building, did you turn them all into franchise? But how did you? How did? Uh, maybe I missed that. I apologize. But I. Well, I'm, yeah, no. The, um, the all the corporate restaurants with the uh, Chapter Seven bankruptcy went away. I mean, that was part of it, right? So, I mean, Chapter Seven means game over, complete liquidation. So, all the corporate stores that were in existence at that time. Now, this is back yeah. seven years ago. The, right? yeah, I mean, it's ancient history now, yeah. and I, I I don't even like to address it anymore because it has no has it has no, no relevance it, it to what's going on today. Relevance to what you're doing today, but so. No, so Really so, that, you, so how many locations do you have now? We have about eighty-five locations. Okay, right. um, you know, and it's and it's split between the domestic and international. We're in twelve countries, mm-hmm. and you know, and again, I got here's the most important metric, though. I have one hundred and fifty restaurants under contract, so you know, I'm more than doubling the size of for the expansion. System. Ter- no, it's exactly. part of master franchisees where they've agreed to take a certain number in, in the city. Exactly. Okay. From the Middle East uh, to Europe to, um, I, I just, I'm just getting ready to announce, I'm, I'm going to do it on your show first. Uh, I've just concluded negotiations with an existing franchisee who manages over 600 restaurants in his own right uh, with different brands. And he's going to, he's going to grow now central and South America for us for seven new countries under a master agreement. Oh, um, we have extensive development going on in California. Uh, we're already a big presence in South Korea. And last night, I, I, I had a call with the uh, with a group that's in Malaysia. So, you know, it, there look, there's a pent up demand for U.S. brands. Period. Um, but who's out there? I mean, it, you know, just think about it, Jeff. I mean, who do you want to talk to if you're going to be a if you're going to be a master franchisee? I mean, just put yourself in that position. Do you want to talk to uh, the development guy, or do you want to talk to the owner of the of the concept? Oh, you always want to talk to the owner. You always want to go. To and the so owner. I have no development. Yeah. Um, so you I, are the development guy. <laughs> exactly, because I, I know who I want, and I'm only going to be as strong as our weakest franchisee. Yep. So the selection has to be very deliberate and intelligent. Well, you got to pick and, the right, especially for you, picking the right partners, because you're now right. about ready to start to add the zeros. You know, you've got, exactly. the, you know, you got the right stuff. So when you add the zeros, you got to pick the right partners, because you don't get a second chance. You can get another chance. It just takes you three times as long. Exactly. And, and one of the other reasons uh, for my wanting complete control over the brands is that um, I have nothing pushing me for growth other than being smart and deliberate about it so that we can carefully select who our franchisee is. We can make sure that they have adequately, adequate training, adequate site selection, adequate selection of the, of the uh, general managers and teams and all the different restaurants so we can deliver on legendary. I mean, it's just a, you know, it, it, the word has a lot of meaning. And you got to make sure that you have all the different systems in place to to bring that to the fore in all the restaurants. And so, um, you know, so instead of being pushed to post a number, or even in uh, other case, uh, Jeff, you didn't mention this, and you're really kind, but um, 
uh, you know, I got to close some restaurants that are that are out there existing right now. Why? Well, you always have to do that. I mean, yeah. that, that's yeah, just yeah, part yeah. of that's part of you know, just like yeah, changing exactly. over staff or you know, I got to yep. move salespeople that aren't performing the way they have to. The bottom the bottom twenty have to go. I mean, that's just you know what? That's exactly right. I have a, yeah, I have the the doghouse for me is the bottom ten percent. So if yeah. you're in the bottom ten, um, we're going to we're going to purge you yeah, because well, I'm not going to let you. I'm not going to let you have uh, make the asset value of my other franchisees suffer because you don't want to follow the system or you know and in some cases if you need help i'm here for you man yeah. i'll do anything for my franchisees uh, but if you refuse to, to follow the system if you refuse to deliver on on our legendary uh guarantee then i got to do something about it well, and you i know, will you, you know that if you know if, you, if you're not growing you're dying if you're not exactly. growing, you're dying. If you're not not increasing every single year, you're dying. That's the nature of the business right. today. It's it's no, changed. It's changed more than it's ever changed before since 2008, in my opinion. Hey, what's your oh, big? Yeah. What's your biggest um, challenge personally? Um, well, it, again, it's finding the elite of the elite. Mm-hmm. Uh, to join our team, uh, both from a from a corporate standpoint and from a franchise standpoint, uh, so that. Um, again, we're we're only going to be as strong as our weakest link, and so yep. it's 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 incumbent upon. And listen, I mean, there's there's literally thousands of franchise brands out there. So why would you select us? And don't forget, I mean, we got a we have a story to tell, and not all of it's pretty. Uh, so you have to you know you have to overcome that chapter seven. Well, and I gotta say, and, if you're getting into business, unless you have a real passion for it, it's not the it's not. When you do the franchise, which I'm, I'm look, I've been a franchisor and I've been a franchisee, and I'd much rather buy a franchise than start from scratch. So without yeah. question, because the formula is there, but it's also a pretty big investment. I mean, you got to have some pockets. Um, you're not just going to say, "Hey, tomorrow I'm going to start one of these." You got to be able to go and get the cash to be able to open up the restaurant, get right. the equipment, right. you know, have the operating cash you're going to need to run for a while. So it's important to pick the right players. But that exactly. but again, again, for those that are listening, the reason why you do master franchisees or you hear what what Paul is saying is he's getting you know players who own restaurant chains or own other systems and they're looking to expand and repeat the same success they've already had so he got 600 restaurants with these groups now he want to go out and do this group because it fills that need exactly and uh, and thank you for saying that because it's a, it's a great penetration uh, strategy for existing uh, franchisees in QSR for example well especially and, and especially in the- markets you're not in so right. yeah, if you, so if you're not in Brazil, if you're not in Argentina, if you're not in Mexico, uh, this is a great way to be able to do it, and it and it helps you faster. So it's a great, right. great, great, great uh, practice to have. If you're, you know, for those that are listening, we have lots of people listening who are looking to expand their business. This is a great strategy. It it is, and, and here's the other great thing. So from a real estate standpoint, I mean, we had at one time 500 restaurants. I know where we did well. And so I know where to go, and I already have pent up demand. So I'm already, I'm already, I already have the some of the equation that's usually empty already filled, and so I know where to go. So I ha- already have the market optimization from a real estate standpoint. I already have all the prototypical drawings ready to go. Um, you know, we already we already have bleeding green people that want to join our team again, and, and so now what I need, I need that I need that legendary franchisee to join us. Yeah. And continue to grow, and you know, and and fill that need that's existing. Well, somebody asked. So, go ahead. Go ahead. Finish well, that. just to finish the thought. I mean, when you look at the you know economics one hundred and one, it's usually you have to create demand. Well, I got demand. I don't have supply. So it, it's kind of a fun way to go about the it's equation. Good, it's kind it's of a backwards. Good problem to have. <laughs> oh, it's a great one. I, and again, I I won't fill it just to fill it. 
but I want to fill it with people that, that want to retain the integrity of these brands. That's awesome. Hey, David Reed, another fan, wrote in, and this gets to the question of, of where you're going to go. He said, why are all the Michigan operations gone? Any plans to return to southeast Michigan market? I- the the answer is not yes, but if I can say this, hell yes. Um, we, uh, you, you know, the, the hey, mid- that's oh, I love it. You can say it. I I get bleeped in my own show all the time. It's awesome. <laughs> you know, I tell you, um, you know, with the existing uh, Michigan operations, we're doing really well. It's a great franchisee out there, Jeff Neely and his wife Patty, uh, with his teams at Inspire Concepts. They do a phenomenal job for us. And um, and again, like anything else, there was a shakeout here. So here's what happened when when your brand is this old. You know, when, when you're talking about, you know, the, the 40th anniversary of Bennigan's and the 50th, 50th of Steak and Ale, the leases have run out. The trade areas have moved. And so part of this attrition has nothing to do with the brand, like I said earlier, but it has a lot to do with, well, if your lease is expiring and the trade area is moved, um, you're going to close the restaurant. Yeah. Yep. Now, the key is, are you going to reopen? And so the, to, to the person that asked this question, so the answer, Jeff has just purchased um, the the company about a year ago. This is your franchisee um, in Michigan. The franchisee yeah, in Michigan, right. right. And so he not only wants to continue to grow with the new prototype, but he wants to grow in Michigan and Ohio. Uh, so it's a perfect storm, and it's the perfect situation. But, yeah, I mean, this is all part of this revitalization program. All right, let me ask you a quick couple of quick uh, rapid-fire questions as we're kind of winding Hit down. Me. All right, Hit so me, baby. Here, here it is. got to pick one, steak or ale? <laughs> well, I can't. I can't say both. No, steak or steak, ale? baby. Steak. steak. Give me red meat, baby. I, you steak. Know, I am too. I. That's me too. I. I like that. And you know, that's. Uh, that's a good one. I love it. How about this one? Homemade cottage pie or Danny Boy chicken? Ooh. Oh. Well, I got to tell you, um, I'm a little bit of a health nut, so I'm going to go with Danny Boy chicken. Okay. Two chicken breasts, rice pilaf, and broccoli nah. all day, every day. Sorry. Great. Cottage pie. You lost that one. So it's, all right. All right, so it's one and one. <laughs> and then how about, <laughs> how about this one? Guinness Stout or Miller Light? Oh, Guinness. Yeah. Do you do you ever mix a Guinness with a, like a cider and do a black and tan? Um, we we do yeah and we and and it's popular that's my favorite i i i started drinking those whenever i was over in the uk and i i like a guinness stout i like the stout you know it's it just gives you a good gives you the iron too which is good and then i like to mix it with i like to mix it with a cider yeah i mean listen i i like it any way i can get it and and i almost believe that it's good for you so um and, and, and Sean, what do you mean, almost believe it's good for you? It's, it's, it's hellacious for you. It's got to be great for you. Come on. <laughs> okay, then I'm with you. Yeah, well, it's you great know, for in you. In moderation, there's nothing wrong with having a drink or two. You, you just hit that. the nail on the head. Yeah. Everything in moderation is good. Yeah, everything in moderation is good. Somebody asked me, I lost uh, 50 pounds. Someone said, how'd you do it? I said, it's, good. it's amazing. Here's the, here's the, here is the secret. Right now, folks, this is how you lose 50 pounds. You expend more calories than you take in. There it is, right mm-hmm. there. It's called the shut yep. your mouth diet. So there, it works. All right. Um, <laughs> I agree. Here's one more. Dallas or Dublin? Oh, well, I got to say, listen, I love Dublin. I love it. I love Dublin. But it's Dallas. Why? Because Texas is just a business-friendly state. Uh, the people there are friendly. The, the businessmen are smart. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're forward-thinking. So and uh, business women—you'd say that too, right? All business people, right? You know, I don't. I I, I don't discriminate. Yeah, uh, they're all beautiful. That's uh, great. A great state to do business in. Awesome, well, and they do. You know, uh, they Texas has done a really good job, and Dallas is just—it's just always is booming. 
always is booming. Every time you go around there, and a lot of great restaurant concepts are based there. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. So the talent pool is deep, um, and again, the the uh, atmosphere is phenomenal. Uh, there's there's so many things to do. Uh, I don't know if you know Warren Buffett just opened up uh, 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 Nebraska Furniture Mart. Yeah, uh, you know, I know, I know. He's uh, he's on that. He's been a part of that, and he just had his uh, summit here uh, last week. So. Yeah, so the, and, he, and they just opened up in Dallas. Oh, uh, I'm going to okay. be real close yeah. to it, by the way, with the new prototypes. Uh, Toyota's moving their headquarters to Dallas. Uh, the Cowboys well, if you, are if moving If you buy the Nebraska Furniture Mart, they are a huge, huge mecca for people coming. I mean, I we every time we used to take vacations uh, during the Christmas holidays and drive the family, we'd go down south, see my mother, my father, and other aunts and uncles. And we, as we drive back, my wife always made me stop in Omaha at Nebraska Furniture Mart. So, yeah, I mean, uh, I tell you, and, and you're right, it is a mecca. Uh, people are coming, you know, you, typically in restaurants, you talk about a two to three mile trade area. With with this furniture mart, it's a two or three state trade area. So. Yeah, that, that or you got to move next to a Cabela's or a, 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 a Bass Pro Shop. Bass Pro Shop, yeah, exactly. For your, exactly. your areas down there. So, hey, yep. I want to give you a chance for a shameless plug. Not that you haven't plugged a few items already. But uh, but if you if you if you want to plug whatever you like to plug, what would you like to, to give a little shout out for? Um, well, I, it, there's a couple of things. One, I want to I want to um, uh, have a shout out to my team. Uh, I love them; they're phenomenal. Uh, we we get so much done. I, I, I liken us to because we're not we're not a large. It's not like two, three or four hundred people. There's a, a dozen of us, and we're like uh, I liken us to um, to the Greek. Spartans, mm-hmm. you know the mighty three hundred oh, yeah, that fought off three million, <laughs> and so we're fighting all the big boys, and we're doing a great job. So I want to shout out to them. The, the second piece of that, I want to shout out to my franchisees. They're a phenomenal group of people. I respect their investment. I respect their their commitment and dedication to the brand. And the third group of that is my supplier partners. I don't call them vendors. Yeah. Uh, the people that have stuck with me through the bankruptcy. You know, that still gave me volume discounts as if I still had 500 restaurants and they stuck with me until I was able to reemerge into a much stronger position, you know, whether it be food or beverage uh, uh, or just the supplies or, or, or the dishwashers, for God's well, sake. Well, but they do that because they like you and they trust you. So and, I mean, and, I, I'm going to give you a plug. They, they've got to like that because uh, I've, I've been through that. I've taken businesses through bad, bad storms and out. And they do that because they can shake your hand or look you in the eye in, in, in a business way and say, I'm with you. That's pretty And cool. that's exactly what's happened, Jeff. You know, and, and I meet with them all personally. I mean, I, I want to have a relationship with every single person that has anything to do with our operation. And um, we have the, the, the reviews on, uh, on, a, on a yearly basis. And I sit in on every single one of them. I don't abdicate. You know, it's not like, well, I'll just let Kathy McGee, there's, a, there's our VP of, of supply chain uh, logistics. Another, I mean, another Irish Another name. one. Yeah. Another one with phenomenal, phenomenal depth. Like a little mafia. It's awesome. It Love is. It. It's, the, it's the Irish Mafia. So yeah. uh, it, it, it's great, and we're doing a great job. And so I want to, if there's three things, uh, three groups that I really wanted to shout out is, is, is to those three. And then the last one would be uh, for the people that are listening, because I know you have a great following, is, is, you know, if you're considering a franchise opportunity, look, Steak and Ale, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to relaunch it, and the, the connection is phenomenal. And Benegas? Uh, and you're right, Jeff. I mean, listen, the the uh, the ante to get in is high, uh, but it's certainly worth it when you can do the volume. 
and the returns are are pretty damn compelling. So well, the fact I, you've I, kept I, a lot I, of those folks in, and you've got more coming on board, and you're, it says something about the concept and the way in which you're delivering. Which is my my hats off to you. And you know you're 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 a great guy, Paul. I'm, do you remember the first time we met? I. Uh, I do. Was that was that one of the conferences? Was it? No, it was actually at Fox. We were at Fox. You were being interviewed at Fox. Oh, that's right. And we were in the green room. The Cavuto show. Exactly. The Cavuto show. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Neil Cavuto. We were doing it, and we were back, and we just had like. A, and I, it's surprising you. Uh, I, I didn't think you'd remember because it was just like in passing, and I and I watched from the the sidelines as you did your interview, and I thought this guy's going to do well. And uh, indeed, you are. Not that you need my my accolades on that, but you, you handled yourself oh, well. You. And Neil Neil's a good guy to do interviews with, and he liked you as well. So I so I thought that was pretty good as well. So it was just it was yeah, fun he, to watch, and I've been in contact with you ever since then. You and I have been no, you sure have, and, and and Neil's become like family. Yeah. And whenever he wants somebody to take a position and not do a, uh, a be a car salesman, uh, he gives he gives me a call. So I love that. And and you now that you said that, I I completely remember. I also remember we talked briefly at the restaurant leadership so yep um, exactly yeah. yeah i was there giving a little talk so well listen my friend thanks so much i appreciate it I, i've taken up and and uh you know don't forget to send neil and i those coupons for those monte cristos because we both like them so <laughs> i'll just send you brass nameplate so you don't have to pay at all you don't need a coupon oh my god now that could be heaven this is a see there are benefits to being in the media from time to time so all right Family's family. All right, All right my, fr- my friend, my best to you, and, and good luck at uh, Bennigan's and Steak and Ale. Um, I appreciate it so much. Thank you. Take care now. All right, man. Thanks. All right. Bye-bye. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. You're listening to All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett, brought to you by Fortinet. Okay, at the end of every interview, I like to do a little, like, what did I learn? I like this guy. That's, you could tell, I like him. But beyond liking him, it's just the passion that comes through. He's so excited. And I know he drinks a little bit of coffee, a little espresso. We all do. We get a little excited when we have that Dunkin'. But regardless of that, you can just hear it and the pride come through. And I think that's a big thing. And did you hear what he said about his vendors and his internal guests. And I thought that way. He kept referring to those internal guests all the time. But he also said he went and he treats his vendors like his partners, like his customers. And that I've, that's always been something I've always believed in. And so it was refreshing, exciting. And it's just nice to talk to a great guy or a great gal. And um, and I got to tell you, I, I'll give a little plug to these guys, a little shameless plug. I do like that Monte Cristo. I think I might go right now and go get one myself. So, um, and then, you know, tell me what you think. I'd like to hear from you. Don't forget, reach out to me on LinkedIn. Reach out to me on Facebook. Reach out to me on Twitter. Just reach out and let's get something going here and keep it moving. This is uh, Jeffrey Hazlett, and this has been All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett on Play.it. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.